I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. A sunny beach sounds really good about right now. I want to take you all there right now. Now stay in your seat. We're going to go there in our minds. We'll go there in our minds. Imagine with me for a moment this scene. Imagine that we're surrounded by that sunny beach and breathtaking water. Kids building sandcastles. Joyful noise everywhere of people playing in the water, feeling the warmth of the sun, embracing the beauty of God's creation. Suddenly there's a scream of a woman, a mother, that cuts through the peace. Everyone begins to look around in curiosity at where this distraction is emanating from. Quickly, everyone's eyes lock on a woman carrying her child from near the water. Her body appears lifeless. She is unconscious as she has begun to drown. People begin to rush towards the woman who, exhausted, falls to her knees, completely helpless. Most of us have been in some type of similar situation. The feeling of being helpless is dreadful. Maybe there's been a time in our lives where we have been penniless. No job, no feeling of hope. Hungry with no way to obtain food. Hurt with no ability to work. Helplessness can make you feel like in a world of billions, you are standing alone. Imagine this woman holding her baby's seemingly lifeless body on the beach. She is screaming at the top of her lungs, but to her in this moment, in this situation, she can't hear a sound that even she is making. She's desperate. We encounter people like this every day. Oh, we don't know it, but some people that we merely pass by are screaming. They are screaming in desperation. They feel completely hopeless. Something that I have adapted in my daily life is making what's called a sandpaper list. People who have passed in and out of my life, in a day, at a job daily, in my life as family, or maybe even just for a fleeting moment. These are sandpaper people. Do you ever think the people who reached out or asked you for a shoulder when they were crying were really in your life to broaden your ability to love, to feel compassion, and to care? Do you ever think that the people who broke up with you or left your life really did not leave you at all, but you left them as there was a new chapter coming in your life you could not see at that time? Do you ever think the people you talk, the, the people that you think talk too much are really in your life to help you learn how to better listen. 
Do you ever think that the people you believe ask too many questions are really in your life to help you improve your communication skills? Do you ever think the people who asked you for a handout or for a hand up are really in your life to teach you it's not your place to judge? Do you ever think the people who upset you or made you angry were really put there to help you work on your patience? Do you ever think that the people who ask for your opinion are really in your life to show you that your opinion counts, that you are respected, and you add meaning to their world? Do you ever think that the people you thought were too optimistic or too good were really in your life to show you how kind and generous people can be and show you how you should be treated? Do you ever think that someone who extensively relies on quad charts and scheduling every second of the day are really there to help you be more organized? Let the record show I'm looking to the left. <laughs> Who should embrace these God-given moments? It's us. It's all of us. Embrace those God-given moments to know they're there for a reason. They're there to teach us that being in darkness does not necessarily mean that you've been buried. Rather, you've been planted. There was a man, not just any man, but God, who came and walked among us, who took what we deserved. He took the cross so that we may have life. A man in my life once told me that sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we know the words, but we just can't hear the music. What I mean is that life-changing and life-shaping moments happen in the blink of an eye. At the moment it happens, we can't see it, but we can point back to it later, to that time in our lives where it or they changed our life. Now, I won't leave you hanging in my story of the nearly drowning girl any longer. A circle formed around this woman on the beach an old man actually got there first, but was pushed out of the way. Now there was a ring of people, and he stood just watching on the outside. He could not force his way in, for he was too feeble at this point in his life. But he didn't have to. You see, a young man had reached the girl and demanded that everyone back up. Give me space, he shouted. He took the seemingly lifeless little body in his arms and laid her flat on the sand. He declared as loud as he could, I've just learned CPR. He began to perform it. Minutes later, the young girl began to breathe. She would be fine. The young man who saved her was enveloped with hugs and high fives. The people were cheering and laughing and embracing each other. There was an immense amount of pure joy on that beach. The old man waited his time for when the young man was walking away. He watched and started to walk towards the young, young man. 
And the young man dropped to his knees and passed out. If you've ever experienced doing CPR before, it can be the most amazing adrenaline dump that you can imagine. You're purely exhausted. The young man soon woke up in an ambulance. Seated next to him was the old man. The old man said, be calm, my friend. You merely passed out. Who saved me? Asked the young man. And the old man looked in his eyes and said, I did. You see, son, I recently retired from 40 years as a doctor. The young man, confused, said, Why didn't you say you were a doctor when I rushed in to save that little girl? I pushed you and the others out of the way to get to her. Why didn't you just tell me? I watched, the old man said. You were doing fine. The young man took a deep breath and thought for a moment and said, You, sir, have just saved my life twice today. It's about humility. Humility is what Jesus is teaching us in this gospel lesson today. He not only does it once, but he enforces it with two parables. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the place of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he goes on with the parable of the great banquet. He said also to the man who invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. We have all been invited to a great feast, to a huge banquet. We have been invited through our Christian faith to live forever. God has used many a humble human being to spread this message and to teach faith. People thought Noah was crazy until it started to rain. Job humbled himself in horrible torment, yet he was invited. Abraham, Moses, Daniel, and David, the Virgin Mary, St. Paul, all humbled themselves. You see, in order to be a Christian, you also must humble yourself. Let Jesus be Jesus, and you just be willing. No matter where he calls you, no matter what you see someone post on social media, no matter how much money you have or not, let Jesus be Jesus and you just be willing. Humans often, often, sorry, 
Humans often look for lofty thrones to sit on. Jesus and those who truly want to do his will look for feet to wash. My grandfather, Father Fred Brooks, God rest his soul, once told me that priests and bishops should always be buried with their feet at their headstone. Why? Because on the day of resurrection, he would say, we should stand facing the people we served and led so that they can see our face when we face judgment. Dear Christians, my brothers and sisters, we must humble ourselves in order to serve the Lord. If their name isn't God, their opinion doesn't much matter. Let Jesus be Jesus. We just need to be willing, no matter what he asks of us or where it is. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.